I couldn't have. It, it, sometimes I, I feel like I need to need to make sure I don't take more credit credit for things that I don't have any control of or any any I didn't do it. Um, and one of those things is is the set list. Um, <laughs> uh, the worship this morning, I, you know, if you took out the, the heart of what was already said, I'm not going to be saying anything new. Um, and, and that was not as, uh, I'm not that organized, that was not pre-planned. Um, just amazing how God weaves those, those things together. Um, we're, we're continuing in our, our series on freedom. Uh, last week we started and we said we're looking at the story, the Exodus story, the greatest story uh, of freedom that's probably ever recorded. Um, how God uh, rescues his, his chosen people out of, out of Israel or out of Egypt all those years ago. Um, last week we didn't get too far. We, we basically got to the point of, of Egypt. Uh, we told the story of Abraham and how you know he 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 had his sons and and they ended how they ended up in Egypt and how they ended up in bondage and we talked about how the first step to freedom is to acknowledge the bondage right and we we talked about how God we we kind of ended with that that verse that talked about how God uh, heard their cries and and realized that it was the time to act and our our homework did anybody uh, raise your hand uh, raise your hand did anybody do their homework <laughs> oh good I see some hands some some honest people out there yeah we said our homework was to to kind of pour into that that we were going to take this week and and ask the Lord give opportunity for the Lord to show us highlight us. Highlight for us some of the areas in which he wants to bring a greater level of freedom in our lives. And so we're going to continue in the story and see what, what God has for us today. Um, fair warning, there's going to be a good amount of scripture reading today. Um, uh, I, I make no apologies for that. It's the Bible. Uh, <laughs> and sometimes, uh, sometimes we just need to hear the story for what it is. Um, and it, so it, preaching and teaching is an interesting thing when you're talking about the Word of God because on one level, there is, there is a certain level of explanation that is helpful and, 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 and developing thoughts and filling in some understanding gaps is, is good and all. But at the end of the day, what am I really going to improve on? This is, the, this is Scripture. This is, the, this is the inspired Word of God. And so uh, sometimes you just have to trust that, that the Spirit that God put in His Word is going to transform us and just leave it at that. So um, we're going to be reading some longer kind of parts of the story today because I want it to kind of speak for itself. And then, and then I'll, 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 of course, make some comments to point out some things so uh just to to to, we're just gonna jump right in this is so the Israel has called out and God has said he's going to respond and many of you I'm sure are familiar with the story God responds by calling a man and that man's name is Moses um Moses was uh, an Israelite he was Remember last week we talked about how Pharaoh tried to kill all the firstborns and um, Moses' mother tried to help him escape that, put him in a basket. Remember, he floats down river. He ends up getting raised in Pharaoh's house 
And then as, a, as an adult, he is out one day and, and realizes what is happening to his people. And, and in anger, he kills one of the, 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 the foremen that are overseeing the slaves. And he escapes. He realizes he's been seen and he was afraid he would be caught. So he, he flees to Midian and he spends, uh, he spends I think, 40 years there. Um, and... Moses is out, and he, he kind of creates a whole other life there, and he gets married and, um, all, and has kids. And then we come to Exodus chapter 3, and this is where we, we pick the story up, uh, starting in verse 1. It says, One day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go see it. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses, here I am, Moses replied. Do not come any closer, the Lord warns. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. When Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt, and I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. It's a land flowing with milk and honey, a land where the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites now live. Look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me, and I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abuse them. Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people out of Egypt. We have to understand that God is calling us to freedom. And this is the next observation. This is the next step in our pathway. Last week we talked about crying out. The next step is recognizing, hearing responding to the fact that there is an invitation to that freedom. It's hearing God say, now is the time. See, it's one thing to ask. It's another thing to believe that there is an answer. We have to understand this, that, that God is inviting us into freedom. And I don't mean just in a general sense. I mean in your specific Sense in your specific situation, we have to know, we have to hear from God and know that God is calling me to freedom in this area, in that area. He is, he is saying, come, I want you to be free from this thing. Or he's saying, come, I want to free you up to do this thing. Freedom to, to share Jesus with others. Freedom from that sin that we keep falling into. Freedom to live with peace and joy instead of depression and anxiety. 
How does this happen? Well, if we look at Moses' journey, we see sometimes it's a process. Even, even getting to this point is a process. Moses, who had the benefit of a pretty, uh, pretty spectacular invitation, if I do say so myself, you know, uh, a talking, burning bush is, is, Something you don't see, right, every day. Like, that's, that's a pretty good start to, to, to be convinced that God is calling you to do something. But even, even in this circumstance, what we see is there is a whole process, a whole conversation that has to happen for, for Moses to get to the point where he is ready to accept this invitation, over the next chapter and a half, we see this, this conversation between the Lord and Moses uh, kind of unfold. See, Moses has many fears that come out in this passage over uh, in the form of questions. And um, I think we can all relate to that. Uh, you ever notice that about yourself when, 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 when someone wants you to do something or you feel like you need to do something? Or someone asks you to do something, and you're a, and there's a, a fear inside of you. Uh, you ever notice that all of a sudden you get real good at asking questions? Well, what about this, and what about that, and well, I, I don't have this, and I don't have I don't have that. My 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 kids do this when they don't want to do something. You know, I go go brush your teeth. Well, I I don't know where my toothbrush is. Well, well, go go find it. Well, I I, I don't remember where I left it. <laughs> it's right there. Okay, well, well, now I don't know where the toothpaste is. and Well, it's almost empty. And, you know, we just keep asking these questions to kind of delay and, and, and stall and try and get out of it. And that's kind of what we, we see uh, Moses doing here. It's funny how it, thousands of years separate us and Moses, but humanity hasn't really changed that much. We still kind of use the same tactics for all our, all our you know, development. We're, we're pretty much the same as we were back then. And we see it in, in starting in verse 10. Uh, it says, Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people out of Egypt. But Moses protested to God, Who am I to appear to Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people out of Egypt? So we see here his first uh, real objection. Moses feels insignificant for the job. Who am I? And I think um, this idea of, of questioning who we are, questioning our significance, is such a, a crippling attitude. And it's one that I think we all struggle with at times. We, we see or we maybe sense an invitation from, from, from the Lord or from the Holy Spirit in our lives or we see, uh, uh, we have a dream implanted in our hearts and immediately we, we, we kind of abort it with this idea that, that we are not, that, that there is, it contained within us, there is not enough to accomplish this thing. Who am I? It's a a dangerous mindset because the problem with the who am I attitude is there's nothing you can really do to change that. Who you are to us is static. If I don't believe that I am enough to do something, there's very little chance I'm, there's anything that's going to happen that's going to change my mind. There's no school I'm going to go to that's going to make, because that's not, a, that's not an information problem. That's not, I don't know enough. That's a, I'm not enough.
And Moses is facing this, this same problem. And I love God's answer for this. It's the same answer I believe he gives to us. Moses says, who am I to lead these, these people? And God answers, I will be with you. This is your sign that I am the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. So God's solution for your fear of insignificance is not convincing you of your significance. It's reminding you of his. You are important. You are significant by proxy. You know, in a... In a kingdom, the importance of a person was largely um, one of the, the, the main things that affected your importance was how close you were to the king, relationally. And that's all it really took. You didn't have to be smart. You didn't have to be good looking. You didn't have to have skills. You didn't have to have a, the right title. Your relationship, if you were close to the king relationally, it, you were significant just by nature of that relationship. And this is how it is with God. Our significance stems from our relationship with the Creator. When Moses protested. That wasn't his only, his own. So God has a good answer for that, but that's not God. Moses isn't done, right? <laughs> he still has, he has, still has questions. I got questions. Uh, verse 13, but Mo Moses protested, if I go to the people and tell them the God of your ancestors has sent me, they will ask me, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? So God replies to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. So Moses now, he's not, not saying, I, I, who am I? He's saying, who are you? <laughs> I don't, I don't have the answers. And I love, the, I love, this is so God. Like all these questions. You notice God is answering the question, but not, not in the way that Moses would maybe want him to answer. Who am I? God's answer is not, I'm going to make you important and special. Poof. He says, I'll be with you. I'm important. It's enough. And he says, Moses says, I, you know, what, what is your name? I don't know. Who are you? And so God gives him his name. He says, I tell them I am who I am sent you. I don't know. That's an answer, sort of. Because really, especially in the original, the I am who I am, it's like this, like this enigmatic thing, right? It's, it's, it's not really a name. He didn't say, my name is Jeff. He said, I am who I am. I, it means I am who I am. I was who I was. I will be who I will be. It's, it's almost like a, a, like the, his name is a riddle. And so he, he gets this, he gets the answer, but it's, it's maybe not all that he had hoped it to be. But it's the answer that he needed because it's the most he could take at the moment. See, God's not shy about revealing himself. That's, that's, that's one of his primary goals is to reveal himself to us. But it, has to, it comes in process. It comes in relationship. And so this whole story, uh, the main, one of the main purposes for this whole story is for God to show his people who he is. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later. But 
Right now, this is all, this is probably the best answer that Moses could really grasp at the time. So, so God says, I am who I am. And then again in chapter 4, Moses continues to resist, starting in verse 1. He says, but Moses protested again. And what if they don't believe me or listen to me? What if they say, the Lord never appeared to you? So now he's questioning, he's questioning his ability, his, his ability to do this and say, God, well, what, what happens if they don't believe me? And so then God goes through um, and a series of miraculous uh, basically miracles to convince Moses and to sh- not just to sh- convince Moses, but to show him what he's going to do to convince the, the Israelites that God sent him. And it's, it's, you know, he tells him to throw his staff down and it becomes a snake. And then he tells him to pick it up and it becomes a, it becomes a staff again. And uh, he tells him to stick his hand into his coat and pull it out. And it's all leprous and nasty. And he tells him to put it back in and it's, it's healed. Now, I love, this is nothing theological, but I thought it was funny. Um, when when the, the verse where he says he stuck his hand back in, you know, it was leprous, and he stuck it back in, and he pulled it back out. I noticed it didn't say his hand was completely healthy. I mean, Moses is 80 at this point. It just said, it, it says uh, his hand was as healthy as the rest of his body. <laughs> I thought that was funny. It's probably a smart thing. It'd be weird if, like, you know, you got this 80-year-old guy and he's got this, like, beautiful 20-year-old hand. It'd be a little weird. But he convinces him. Even after, and even after all these miraculous signs, Moses tries one more time to convince God that he's got the wrong guy. Verse 10 says, But Moses pleaded with the Lord. Oh, Lord, I am not very good with words. I never have been. I'm not now, and I'm not now. Even though you have spoken to me, I get tongue-tied, and my, my words get tangled. Then the Lord asked Moses, who makes a person's mouth? Who decides whether people speak or do not speak, hear or do not hear, see or do not see? It is I, the Lord. Now go. I will be with you as you speak. I will instruct you what to say. But Moses pleaded again, Lord, please send anyone else. This is, he's just really desperate. Like he's out of questions. He's out of thoughtful, thoughtful, you know, uh, points to, to point out problems, hurdles to throw up there. He's just like, I don't want to do it. Send somebody else. And then verse 13 says, the Lord became angry with Moses. All right, he said. What about your brother Aaron, the Levite? I know he speaks well. And look, he's on his way to meet you now. He will be delighted to see you. So, so in this, it's, it's such a fascinating story to me. that You have the God of the universe like negotiating with, with, with a human. And the human actually like is, is, is getting, has his say. Moses is actually moving God's moving God's kind of plan in, in, in a weird way, right? He, 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 God relents and, and gives to him his brother as a, as a support, not because he needed it. Like that's, that's God's frustration. <laughs> He's like, 
This is about you and me. We don't need anybody else. But, but, you, but to satisfy your request, to, to just out of grace and out of, out of uh, his love for, for Moses, he, he gives him Aaron as a kind of a mouthpiece. And I think it's just such an amazing picture of how patient God is and how he walks with us through our questions and our insecurities. You know, if we want freedom in certain areas, we have to be willing to be like Moses and be honest enough with, with, our, with our hesitation, with our fears, to get the answers that we need to move forward. Now, just like Moses, we're not going to get all of the answers the way we want them, when we want them, at the level we want them. But God will be faithful to answer them enough. And that's what we see in the story with Moses. God answered them enough to where he knew that Moses had what he needed to choose whether he was going to obey or not. All of Moses' objections and fears, they, they seemed reasonable, except for the fact that they weren't. Except for the reality that the omnipotent God was the one telling him he was going to be with him and handle it. <laughs> and I believe the biggest hindrance, the biggest hindrance for us in walking in freedom in the areas that, that we hear the call of freedom to, outside of us not taking the time to hear the call, is the same thing that Moses was battling, fear. Fear of failure. Because maybe we've tried to wage that war before. Or fear of the unknown, because we can't... Part of us knows that this thing is bad for us, or, or this thing is... There's something better out there, but this is what we've always known. And so, out there, even without this thing that I know is bad, it's still unknown. And sometimes unknown is more scary than uncomfortable. In that area, you are calling out for freedom. The question this morning is, what are you afraid of? What fears are you are holding you back from pursuing the freedom that God has called you to. I love this morning. We've, it's just kind of been reiterated over and over, this idea of God as I am. See, Moses kept asking, who am I, who am I? But God declares, it doesn't matter what your name is, I am. Freedom comes when we realize that it's not about us. Freedom comes when our, our, our eyes shift onto God and what He can do and off of our own limitations. God has an intention to see us walk in freedom more than, than we can imagine. 
But we have to, we have to start focusing on him. And we have to understand that, that he wages the war and it's bigger than you realize. Just like in our story. See, we read this account and uh, sitting in kind of, you know, our seats today in modern history, we see this as this, this battle between God and Pharaoh, right? And God is, is, um, is trying to get Pharaoh to let the Israelites go. And you guys know, most, I'm sure most of you know the, the, the rest of this story. Where Moses agrees and finally uh, obeys and goes to Pharaoh. And what proceeds is, I mean, you remember the, the Ten Commandments? Uh, a series of plagues that God brings on Egypt. Frogs and gnats and flies and all the livestock dies and they get festering boils on their skin and hail destroys all their buildings and locust comes and eats all their, their crops and there's days and days of darkness and Finally, the death of the, the firstborn of every family. Now, these plagues on their, their face would have been unimaginable to live through. You know, we're working through a, a pandemic of our own right now, but it, it, has, it, it is nothing compared to what, what these people suffered. But here's the crazy thing. The, the real message here was bigger than the physical. This, this battle that God was waging wasn't just about trying to convince one stubborn government official to let a group of people go. See, each of these plagues was directed at a certain thing. These weren't just random phenomena that God chose. God chose each and every one of them for a reason. And the reason was that each and every one of those plagues, each and every one of those things that, that God turned on them to the people there, they saw those things as directly connected to one of their gods. So the Nile was, you know, Egypt was a, was a pantheistic uh, culture. They had, I mean, you've, you've seen the, you know, if you've ever seen like archaeology from Egypt, they have all the weird, you know, it's like the person's body with the dog head and the, the eagle wings or the, the claws and the, you know, all these weird funky statues. All those are their gods, right? They had, they had a bunch of them, but they all had physical manifestations in the real world. And what we see from what God is doing in, in these plagues is he's not only making it completely uncomfortable for the people. What would have been even more terrifying them was that this was an assault on their, on their deities. God is putting them on notice through these plagues that he is, when he says I am, he's saying I am. The Nile turns to blood, and, and he's taking the, I think it's Himotep, is the, was the, the god that was the god of the Nile. The Nile was one of the most important things in their culture because it was their water, it was where they fished, it was, it was all of these things. And by turning the Nile into blood, he was in a, God was, in effect, assassinating their god. Over and over, he goes through each one of these plagues, knocks off another one of the, the gods, the top gods in their pantheon. 
He was showing everyone that who he really was. It's like, um, if you ever watch The Godfather, you know, at the end of the movie where there's a, today is the day where we settle all family business. This is, <laughs> this is kind of God's, God's day like that, where he, he's taking everybody out and showing who really is in control. Now, this revelation was certainly for the Egyptians, but here's where the lesson comes for us. It wasn't, I don't think it wasn't, I don't think it was primarily for the Egyptians. I think it was even more so for the Israelites because they were the people that he was really trying to get their attention. There's a million different ways God could have freed Israel from Egypt. I believe he chose this, this path because there was something he wanted to teach the Israelites about himself. Because this isn't just about some physical freedom from, uh, from physical slavery. He was trying to enter into a relationship with them and he had to get them to understand who he really was and that there was going to be no question about who was God of the universe. And I think that that's so important for us to understand in, in our search for freedom because I, I believe that that statement is still true. Your freedom will always be tied and connected to the revelation of who God is in your life. And so when we seek freedom, we have to understand that we are, we are in essence, seeking a greater revelation of who He is. The two will always be connected. For true freedom. But if we want to get to the victorious freedom part, we have to get past this fearful questioning. And like Moses, we have to start standing up to our captors and say, let me go. Listen, we don't do the freedom, the freeing part. Just like Israel, Israel didn't free themselves. But we do have a part to play. You know, it, it, was, it, it was scary and it was, it was amazing the things that, that Moses went through. But at the end of the day, we look at, look at his part to play. And other than the mental uh, part of it, what did he really do? He stood where God told him to stand, and he said what God told him to say. <laughs> and that's it. God did the rest. And I think that that is a great model, a great perspective for us to have when, when we're talking and looking at God making freedom in our own life. That, that our role is to stand where God tells us to stand and say what God tells us to say, and he does the rest. Now, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of details in this story that we don't have time to, to get into today where, you know, things got worse before they got better. Um, this was a, a journey. These plagues didn't all happen in a day. This was, this was weeks over the period of, of weeks that, that, that this, this thing, this freedom rolled out and played out. And that's, that's true in our own lives. But what, what part, 
Where are you in that process? What, where do you need to be standing this morning? What do you need to be saying this morning? What part of your life do you need to look at the enemy or look at yourself or, or look at your boss <laughs> at work and say, let me go? Because listen, God has, God has done his part. The Holy Spirit is resident within you. And there comes a point where it's just time to do what it is that God is calling us to do, to stand and speak. To say, fear, get behind me. I know, I, I, and whether it's with trembling knees or, you know, super cocky confidence, I'm just going to stand here and my voice may squeak and it first comes out, but I'm going to do it. What is that for you this morning? I want us to take a few moments today and, and just give you an opportunity to, to have a moment with the Lord and just have some time for prayer. Um, so if you guys want to just bow your head. God, we, we come to you this morning. Lord, not with fancy strategies or anything special other than our relationship with you. But based on that, God, we ask that you would begin to do a work in our hearts. Holy Spirit, would you, would you stir up those areas that we, we need to stand up and begin to, to say, let me go. God, if there's anybody in, the, in this room that is struggling with, with an addiction, God, would you, would you empower them to begin to speak against that? Would you come alongside them? God, we say fear has to go in your presence Lord, your word says that perfect love casts out fear. And we have, we have sensed your presence this morning. Lord, you, your word says we're two or more gathered in your name, that you are here. We know that you are here. And so by that fact, by your power, God, we say that fear has to go. God, I pray that you would, you would endow each one of us with, with courage 
to reach for new, new freedom. God, if there's, there's some of us in this room that are, have, been, have, have had a heart to, to share you with the people around us, to, to, to share what you've done in our lives, but, but fear has held us back or insecurity or whatever it is, I pray that that, that would be broken this morning, that we would, we would begin to, to look, for, look for and look forward to opportunities to talk and brag about you. One moment. <laughs> so this morning, um, we just feel like God is on a roll. He's, he's got something to say. And so he gave me a word and I'm going to share it. Um, let me read this. It says, my burden is light. Rest in me. You feel heavy because you are taking on burdens that are not yours. It's mine. My shoulders are broader than yours. I can carry it all. I give you yours. Stop taking mine. When I say come, just come until I give you your direction. When I say wait, A new thing is coming, and it will be beautiful if you let me direct the creation. Don't burden yourself with my past. Let me be God. Hmm. I love to shine.
Amen. I'm just going to just give us a second to respond to that and, and pray into that. If, if that if, I'm going to invite you. If that spoke to you, if you, if you would uh, just be so kind as to, to stand as a, stand, uh, a, a response, I want to pray for you. Um, just that, that if there's something specific that, that you know, as Paulina was, was sharing, that like yeah, there's something in your life that you've, that's been God's that you've been holding on to, that you've been trying to accomplish in your own strength. I want to encourage you to just stand. Um, there's no, no shame, no guilt. <laughs> we've, we've all been there different times. And uh, I just want to pray for you. Um, you know, that's what got Moses. That's how Moses ended up in Midian. He killed, he killed, he saw an injustice. He saw, ironically, it was the thing that God was calling him to do to set the Israelites free. He was going to call him to do it, but he tried to do it in his own strength. And it ended up causing pain and death and a lot of problems. So, Father, I pray, I pray for everybody. Um, God, I'll include myself. God, forgive us for, for taking on tasks that are not ours to bear. God, forgive us for our, our really stand, our lack of faith, our lack of trust in, in you doing what it is that you said you would do and trying to do it ourselves. God, we, we release that to you. We commit from this day forward that, that we're going to let you be you in those situations. God, and we are, we are only going to, we are going to wait, we are going to listen for what it is that you would, would say to us and tell us to say and tell us where to stand and, and what to do and only do those things, God. Lord, would you give us clear direction? It's like, like Samuel said when he, was, when, when he was trained when he was a kid, when we hear the voice of God, when we hear you, Lord, we're just going to say, yes, Lord, we hear you. Speak. I'm listening. And God, I pray that your, your peace would fall on us this morning. God, that your joy would, would be the indicator that we are on the right path. God, we, we know that we can't live this life successfully or joyfully or peacefully any other way than with you. Like Moses says later in, in the story, God, if it, I don't want to go. We don't want to go anywhere where you're not. If you're not going, we, don't send us. And come with us, go before us anywhere that you do send us. God, I pray that you would, even today, to this week, you would begin to, to, to pour into us all visions of, greater visions of freedom and, and, and blessing in our life that, that we can all start running after and running to. God, 
God, I thank you that, that you have amazing plans for each and every one of us. You have an amazing uh, call and a future for, for in, everybody in this room, everybody listening, everybody that will listen to this message. I thank you that you have a future and a hope and a plan for us as a community. God, we receive that from your hand. And we thank you for it, God. We thank you that you love us so much. God, we're amazed that, that you not only love us, but, but you partner with us. You want us to participate with you in this great mission you have, this great recreation you're doing here on earth. God, as we, we close our time this morning, would you, would you seal it with the, the, just the, the certainty of your kingdom? God, we thank you that you're moving in our lives. We pray all these things in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. Amen.